0: your beauty is our duty. Arganisima New York. Are you? I'm
1: well. How are you, Hurricane?
0: (laughs) I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing great. (laughs) That's
1: good. That's good.
0: Well, good morning to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And good evening to you.
0: I always love that. That just does unbelievable. Like you guys have winter, we got summer. I mean, it's amazing.
1: (laughs) I know. It's an amazing world, isn't it?
0: It is. It is. It's uh, a listen. I mean, we do have people that feel that it's flat, so I'm not going there, but I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if it's flat, then we're sort of just around one side, okay? <laughs>
0: hey, listen, it's... Uh,
1: it's actually, Hurricane, that's actually a good point. If it was flat, how come we've got winter when you've got summer, all right?
0: Uh, that's my but- case, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, thank you doctor for even just uh extending the uh, the opportunity here to be on the show back. <laughs> well, so so, you know, it's funny because we were just talking about the flat earth theory and and, and just <laughs> as, as as a conversation, just 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 a little, you know, fun time there because of of where you are and where we are. But really, you know, just just while we're waiting for people to actually uh you know throw in some questions here. What <laughs> why would people think that? I mean, just from from me your perspective as a psychologist, what would be something that can generate that kind of thought when someone can maybe not believe a reality?
1: Okay, okay. Um, Belief is on a continuum. And uh, Hurricane, I've I've got to say, I've just been putting out a few uh, blogs on belief because belief is an area that we don't understand terribly well. So belief is actually um, a word that encompasses many different things. We've got belief in science, which is based on evidence. And we actually change our beliefs. So for example, when I was growing up, we believed that there were nine planets in our solar system, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, scientists now believe there are eight planets in our solar system, right? And uh, at the moment we believe that the uh, speed of light is a constant, right? But there are some scientists that are challenging that. They do not believe that the speed of light is a constant. And so we change all our beliefs based on evidence there. Then we've got belief in faith issues. So um, let's say we can all share science because it is the way that we negotiate the known world. Whereas our belief in faith issues are how we negotiate the unknown world. And because that's the unknown world, uh, our ideas can be different. So you get the various faiths, you get Islam, you get Christianity, you get Hinduism. And I consider atheism uh, another belief system. Okay, because there are some scientists that are atheists and there are some scientists that have a faith. Then as a psychiatrist, I work with people's beliefs about themselves, the subjective beliefs. So somebody will say to me, I am a a worthless person. Life is not worth living. And they believe these things. So we actually move to change those things. All right. So getting back to your question, Hurricane, about the flat Earth thing, the flat Earth theory actually uh, is in the area of faith. And so the the argument, and I've worked with people who believe in a flat Earth, the argument goes like this. It is like, um, if God says that the Earth is flat, then doesn't matter what science tells us, the Earth must be flat, right? So it becomes a faith-based issue. And uh, just as some people, let's say scientists, would uh, attack the idea that Jesus Christ uh, rose from the dead because that is without scientific bounds, all right, the flat earth is a long way extension of that. Now, Now, the difference is that there are a lot of people who believe because of their faith that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, but there is only a small subculture of people that the believe that the earth is flat. So, so that's why science would tend to put um, things like the earth being flat as a delusion, because there is so much scientific evidence against it. Whereas people who believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead are not delusional because that is part of a well-worn, uh, faith system. Sorry, Jorge, I don't know if you wanted such a long answer, but I thought I'd give it
0: complete. <laughs> no, actually, I, it's very, uh, it's very enlightening, because uh, you you mentioned religion, and, and it, it's, it's amazing, because not all religions believe that, you know, uh, uh, like, like, for example, in Islam, and I think even Judaism, uh, the earth is not really flat <laughs> so so there are there's evidence in the textbook that that pro- provides that you know the universe is is scientific and uh, you know it has metrics and, and there's orbits and there's oh, yeah. All that. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah so and i think even in in, in the bible i don't think it, it has any indication that it's flat but uh Again, it's a debatable. Uh, <laughs> it's debatable. Uh, I'm not uh, gonna... well, well,
1: well, actually, in in the Bible, there's there's the idea that there's a dome, all right. So which says that the earth is sort of round. But in another place, uh, there is some reference to the four corners of the earth, all right. And I think that's how people get to a flat earth. I'm actually not sure on that. That's not my area, Hurricane. <laughs> <I reckon.
0: laughs> no, no. It was just interesting that he said that because, well, you know, science and religion are two components I think uh, or belief systems you know, in a way to your point that, yeah, that's right. that, that we live with as humans uh, that's it's, right. it, it's either a combination of both or one or the other <laughs> uh, yes. and even the religions as, as different as they might be, they all kind of have similar you know uh, background you or know, similar type yeah. of tenets right yeah so yeah. so it is an interesting you know concept but but again listen, like you said, you, you, people believe and sometimes they believe based on what they've read and maybe not understand there's sometimes reading is one thing understand is another uh, well that's
1: right that's right and hurricane that's why i made the distinction between belief in science mm-hmm. because we change our belief in science all the time ten years ago uh psychiatrists did not believe that what you ate affected your mood right that was kind of a new fringe belief whereas now it's become a mainstream belief because we have the evidence for that so um science is the way our brain negotiates our day-to-day physical environment whereas belief in faith issues is how our brain navigates the unknown world
0: listen It, it is it is amazing how um humans you know behavior can be impacted you know and and decision making and all these things <laughs> through through concept right uh, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and we perceive the world through concept so it's it's however you know we've been trained uh, educated or taught you know through our parents systems schools and uh you know you know uh, religious systems and things like that so it's it's amazing how folks can uh just have these ideologies <laughs> and,
1: oh, and, and now you've brought in another uh, aspect which is very important and that's the cultural aspect to our beliefs and whereas let's say uh america in let's say about 70 years ago uh there are a whole lot of people sharing the same belief system right? But with the uh, movement of people around the world, uh, the America of today is very different. It's a, it's a mix of different cultural belief systems all blending, which, uh, which in a sense enriches us, because we, we can all have this expanded mind view. But it does lead to the kind of culture wars that we see out there at the moment as well.
0: Well, true. I mean, in, in some countries, you don't see diversity. And so, no, so right. you, you only have one culture, one one ethnic background, and that's about that's it. Right. Even the, the food is the same, uh, and and it's amazing. Like I live in you know uh, in borderline Jersey, I mean New York, and uh, I live on the Jersey side, but I, I work in New York every day, and yeah. uh, it's it's probably one of the very few places where you can really you know uh, walk around cultures. Uh, from one 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 block to the other, it changes. <laughs> you know, you can eat, you can find any type of ethnic food you want. Uh, if you crave something from around the world, you'll find it, and it probably will be uh, you know authentic.
1: <laughs> so,
0: so it's amazing. And you're right. But now, as you travel further inland, you know that that changes. So yeah. you go to the Midwest, for example, it's lesser. You know, there's less you know diversity and yeah. things like that. So, yeah. even food wise, you're not going to find a good Just just simple. It's a joke, but. You go to some places you want good pizza <laughs> you know Sorry, so not- i say oh there's nothing like new york pizza right because it's really <laughs> the, the right thing now some people can debate that but <laughs> but but the fact is you know you hear that that kind of uh you know comments you know when you're traveling around uh, the states and it's pretty you know large space i mean i can't compare to you guys i mean obviously <laughs> you guys are a continent yeah. on your own <laughs> well
1: no, that's true but uh, Haragin, as, uh, uh as you said diversity is actually uh, the exception in our world. Most of the 200 odd countries in our world have cultural unity rather than diversity. Uh, there's only a few uh, places which are becoming more and more diverse. And the other thing is the larger the city, the more diversity you will find. Whereas uh, the more you go into rural areas or small towns, the less diversity you will find. Uh, and diversity is something that is, uh, moving in across the whole world it's 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 slowly slowly getting there and uh to do that people need to be culturally accommodating and that's okay because we all grow as people through that but some people are faster to change than others and so you get some of these conflicts but yeah when I was living in New York City you know sort of um I could find Yep, the best pizza, but amazing <laughs> things. A Romanian restaurant, an Ethiopian restaurant, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, uh, a whole lot of different things. And uh, we're all enriched by that sort of experience. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, uh, while we're waiting for, again, uh, any questions to come on through, I do have a few that we can ask that, that I, I have uh, through some other friends that, that send them to me. Yeah, but, right. but, but, but since you mentioned this, this concept of uh, cultural diversity and things like that, I mean, there is a psychological effect, you know, to it, and uh, and under reaction as well. Uh, yeah. You said it. There, you know, you you're being nice <laughs> because you, you made it like sound very sweet. Uh, but 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 it yeah. creates severe conflicts, and and uh, you know, so there's hey, there's racism. There's more to it uh, that's created because of immigration, because of you know, some some folks are not willing to see that that diversity, uh, yeah. and again, it is still psychological because there are there are. You know, I guess these are inherited type of beliefs and or like, you know, we are a certain way, you know, we can't have the other freedom you to know, believe the other religion, the other culture. So, so you know, there is a psychological you know, factor to all this. And I, I'm not sure if you ever had cases where, you know, uh, people come Definitely. in to discuss that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hurricane, you, you, you seem to be touching upon just the sort of things that I'm working on at the moment.
0: Nice. <laughs> uh,
1: got, yeah, yeah, Now we've got a, a podcast series at the moment on how to negotiate diversity uh, because the science is quite clear. The science says that our brains love familiarity. So what we're familiar with, we will tend to um, uh, replicate. But the science also shows that if we're exposed to people of difference, all right? That yeah. after a period of initial hostility, which is what we're in at the moment, we grow to like people, all right? So uh, let's say there are there are cities like uh, San Francisco, Vancouver, uh, Sydney, uh, they all had their, their Chinatown, all right? Yes. And when the Chinese people first came to these cities, they were met with hostility. It was not a friendly place. But today you get people debating who has the best Chinatown. Does San Francisco have the best Chinatown? Uh, What about Sydney's Chinatown? Obviously I like Sydney's Chinatown, okay? Uh, But there are so many cities that had their Chinatown because people at first were hostile towards difference. So the Chinese in this case, then they become curious Oh, I wonder what their food tastes like. I wonder why they wear clothes like that. And then finally, they not only accept them, but they celebrate them. And so, okay, so in in Brisbane, Australia, we've gone through a Greek festival, all right? And you will go through your multicultural festivals. You, You will have your gay pride festivals. And there is all celebration of different diversities in different places. And this is what the science shows, that given enough time, And given enough exposure, we will all move beyond initial hostility to actually like each other. Because you know what, Hurricane, in the end, we all belong to the family of the human race.
0: Well, you know, I I wish and I hope that one day we all agree to that fact and stop bickering (laughs) amongst each other (laughs) about, about, you know, dumb things and about material stuff in this world and yeah. fight over things and kill each other and steal from each other and hate each other that would be yeah. a, you know that would be a, an ideal world right um you know yeah. the, the joke is you know like um these days i mean i see a lot of uh tiktoks and other type of uh, you know i guess social media about ufos and aliens and there's discussions about maybe the government's you know uh secrets you know uh Uh, is going to come out about you know ufos and things so you know what i if that was true i would like to have that happen just so we can all shut up (laughs) and and agree and agree to one concept and 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 almost the concept of the movie independence day so we all oh yeah yeah
1: yeah the amazing (laughs) thing is if that we if we were actually um uh involved in a conflict with aliens from outer space we we'd leave all our uh, culture wars and we would unite and say, Hey, let's get together and defeat this common enemy. You
0: know? Even that thought itself, right. If you think about it, we always think that these guys are going to come because they're going to be superior than us. And therefore that we're going to be the, the lower or the inferior species. So that's already built in our, you know, mind that we're oh it's always about who's superior and that superior, you know, breed is going to, a species is going to be, annihilating the other one and therefore we have to fight back and, but who says that it has to be that way? That's really the question. (laughs)
1: Oh, in fact, Hurricane, this is why I come back to the science. The science would actually say that if we're exposed to diversity, exposed to different people, we grow to like them. And you know what, I believe that actually goes for aliens as well, all right? If they exist, all right, (laughs) and they came to visit, the more exposure, the more we'd sit down and have a cup of tea or a beer with them, the more we'd grow to like them.
0: Well, you know, it's right because there, there are some some memes and some some posts that they that out there that they kind of look the other way, like aliens look at us. Like, oh, these are not civilized, you know, the humor race is not <laughs> ready. They're not ready for us yet. So we'll, we'll come back another millennia or something like that. So so it, these are funny memes and things. But but really, I mean, we always I think the debate in humanity is about who is stronger. And it's been since the beginning of times, I mean, you know, uh, the, 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 the rules of the jungle, the love of the jungle, the, the higher species, the, the more powerful species is going to like, you know, be the prevalent and, and, and the more, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> powerful one right. who's going to uh, be able uh, to have more power.
1: All right. I, I just want to add to that because um, our view of Darwinian uh, natural selection and evolution has concentrated on survival of the fittest. And that that does lead to the dominance hierarchies that we have in our society at the moment. However, there is a whole side of nature that we have overlooked and we have taken it for granted. And we take it for granted in our own lives as well. And this is the nurturing side of nature. This is the penguins who will take care of their eggs to the death in freezing cold. These are the plumber birds that will attack anybody to protect their young. All throughout nature, there is this protection, this parenting protection and, dare I say it, love and nurturing for A species okay and we know that wolves will actually uh love and protect and nurture other species as well and we don't talk about that being uh just as important in evolution this nurturing aspect if we didn't have a family structure if we didn't have people to share our lives with, if we didn't love friends and get on with colleagues, all right, our social hierarchy uh, structures would drive us to destruction. So there's a balance. Yeah, there is a survival of the fittest and who's most powerful, but there's also a sharing of love and togetherness and let's band together and survive all of this together. And I think that's not emphasized in the science.
0: Well, so here's a question to that. Yeah. Why, why do we have to think about, you know, surviving it or, or why we have to think about, you know, protection or, you know, who is going to beat who and, and stuff like that? What drives that?
1: What drives that? Okay. So, uh, so the scientific point of view is that what drives all of that is what drives the brain. The brain is a uh, wonderful, wonderful instrument, if you like, that helps survival right? Uh, Its whole point is to learn from the past so we can create a better future so that we can survive whatever environment we happen to be in. So from that, there is this not only love of life, but a a real thriving and a real lust for life, okay? I want to be alive and basically everything that lives wants to live to the fullest. Now, Uh, when you have that as a basis, you can see that you need two sides of things. There is this uh, survival of the fittest where uh, we're in competition with each other for limited resources, but there's also this cooperation, particularly among humans, right? Where, you know, if, if you and I work together, Hurricane, both of us can do better. And we're in a situation globally where if the whole world could actually learn to pool its resources and do things together right that we could actually survive things like pandemics climate change catastrophes what, what whatever else if we actually pool our resources together we could survive too and that's scientific that's actually part of evolutionary theory
0: well actually it's funny because i've seen that in real life i've seen that actually in uh, when, like a couple of years back we had hurricane sandy up in in the northeast yeah. and uh it was devastating and and people did come together you know yeah uh, i've seen that in in 9 11 people get together yeah. as a nation um yeah. but it, it's it's amazing i actually did the experiment you know in the training mode you know so i do these uh okay. uh team building exercises yeah. so we we went to this i'm not sure if and, and you guys have dave and busters you probably do uh so it's it's a a restaurant like a Burger, right? Fr- you know, like okay. a franchise type, but they do have like uh game rooms and activities and, and things like that. So we did yeah. almost a scavenger hunt, you know, in groups. And so so what we did is you know, I, I divided the teams in, in multiples, so each and then we all have a quest to get certain things, you know, yeah. and the team that collects all those things first, you know, wins, right? Yeah, so so for about half hour, everybody was fighting against each other, competing against each other. All of a sudden. Two teams started, and and I saw I'm the lead of this because I was it's building a team. So I'm just observing how they behave and everybody's got yeah. a lead appointee. Yeah. And so so about half hour in the game, and it takes about an hour. I noticed that two teams started a line, <laughs> started yeah. an alliance, and therefore they started looking together for the same clues. And, yeah. and basically you look for one, I look for one, so we can move and then we share the, the result. Yeah. Yeah. As soon, as soon as the first two, then now the third team is trying to do the same. So i stopped the game i said now you got the concept that's right that's <laughs> now, very you, cool. now you got the concept the whole exercise was not so much how to get who's going to get first is how we can get together we were able to solve the whole thing in less time that we would have done it you know individually
1: that's uh, right oh individual. that is wonderful that is wonderful hurricane because that, that actually shows that uh together we survive better. And and unfortunately, we've got shows on television that shows how people are all against each other. And, and that's that's because of some intrigue in us that, that likes that for entertainment. But if you took the desert island situation where two people were shipwrecked on a desert island, there was nobody else around. Do you think that they would live on opposite ends of the island, you know, and, and start a war? Or would they live close and sort of say, hey, what are you good at? And what are you good at? And let's pool our resources and let's try to help each other survive. Obviously, they would stick together. And this is why for for a lot of young people that I have worked with that, let's say, get into the drug scene, okay, and they lose their way in life. One of the problems is not that this is a difficult um, environment to survive, but in a way, it's too easy. We have too much entertainment. We have too much pleasure. So one of the therapies that works to get people out of this is called wilderness therapy so you imagine these young males 16 to 18 they go out into the outback and they learn abseiling they learn camping skills they learn swimming skills they learn fishing skills they learn to survive in the bush and all of a sudden they get together just as your teens did in that restaurant okay and they start to help each other and here's the thing they learn to trust each other and that Feeling of trust when you trust somebody else is an amazing feeling. It feels fantastic. And because when you're, let's say, abseiling, somebody else has got the ropes for you, you have to trust your life to somebody else. And that feeling of trust becomes such a beautiful feeling that they go back into society and they want to make connections with people. All right. They don't want to just sit at home and play games because they want that feeling of trust. And so any job that you get, you start to have that feeling of trust. And a job, a corporation, ideally, is people working together for a common goal so that that business can survive.
0: Well, let's talk about that. I mean, the world we live in today, I mean, we have countries, we have states, we have territories and multiple countries, right? Everywhere, there's that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And you'll find within the same country, some sort of division still, uh, yeah. the, the northerners, the southerners, the, <laughs> the, the westerners, the easterners, and you know, uh, the, they have this, that, like. but, but it's so funny, because we're talking world resources, like even today, you know, we have over 7 billion people on this planet, right? And yeah. there are people that would argue that, you know, we are depleting resources, and uh, there's yeah. too many of us, and uh, there's got to be a solution for that. But yeah. there's the, the earth still has a lot to produce and, you know, we can work together towards it. But then there's yeah. the, the factor that you have people who have uh, the wealth part, right? So there's the wealth part, right? I got a right. lot of wealth. I might not even be able to count how much money I have yet. I'm not contrib- contributing to, to anything with it, right? There yeah. are people that that literally, even if they wanted to spend all their money, they can't. Just physically, they can't. There's just too much of it, right? Yeah. And, and, and some of that percentage of that can actually resolve a lot of issues out there. And there's yeah. I've, I've read a lot of, I've studied a lot of stuff about that where people, uh, there was, I think, a, a study where it showed even if you give everybody the same exa- exact amount of money, uh, a group, the majority will deplete that money and only the few will actually reinvest it and, and make gain again and, and profit and make, you know, become rich again, even yeah. if it's not a stare point. So, so why, why is that possible? I mean, how is that even you know, comprehensible? Uh, because, I mean, from, from a psychology you know, uh, perspective, you know, w- w- is there a driver? Is that the same base that we talked about in terms of humanity or evolution, just how we perceive the world?
1: Uh, yeah, um, Hurricane the Mind is an amazing place and it is so vast and so complex that we do not understand it fully yet right? So let's say uh, from my tradition, the psychiatric tradition, uh, we looked to uh, two different things that that drove us at first, okay? And one was actually aggressive competitive drives, and the other one was actually loving creative drives, okay? And since that time, uh, psychiatric theorists have postulated a whole lot of different drives, okay? But there is something already in this idea that we're driven by aggression and uh, love, sex and creativity that already shows those opposites in the evolutionary theory that I was talking about, right? The aggressive drive is that survival of the fittest, right? And unfortunately, one of the side effects of having a society as we do today based on money is you can count money and you can see who's doing better. So that feeds into that drive of the mind that I want to do better, but I want to do better on my own, okay? Once you start looking at the the loving drive, the sex drive, the creative drive, then things start coming down to, okay, how can we make our community better? How can we have cohesive families? How can we have a cohesive social life that we actually get to enjoy all this life, all right? And uh, at the moment, the pendulum is swung in the way of this uh, this aggressive competitive money based drive. But there is a possibility always sitting there that we could start to solve some of the world's problems together. We've got the technology to work out the resource um, problem. But at the moment, the scientists don't talk to the entrepreneurs who don't talk to the politicians who don't talk to their lawyers, who don't talk to the education sector. We're all very disparate, okay? And uh, we, and I don't know how we're going to do it, okay? But somehow we've got to come together for the common good so that we can use each other's resources, just like on that desert island. We sort of say, okay, you're good at that. You do that. I'm good at this. I'll do that. Let's do it for our common good. So I don't know how to get the pendulum going the other way, uh, but, um,
0: I don't think you and I are going to solve that problem.
1: <laughs> no, well, not- no, no, but we have studies on people who are very altruistic, people who uh, will go the extra mile, let's say, during 9-11 or uh, through Hurricane uh, Katrina or uh, even what's happening in Miami at the moment, all right? Yeah. There will be acts of heroism, all right? Why do humans do that? And uh, studies have shown that humans have altruism as part of their nature, as long as we value it as a culture, as long as we still clap and give heroes medals and say, you know what, that's a good human being. And there is something in us that admires people who will make the ultimate sacrifice like soldiers okay or or put their lives in danger uh like heroes in 9 11 or in hurricane katrina just to help out their human beings and there's something of that in all of us there's something of that that wants to do the heroic right thing to share our love and trust with each other
0: well doctor i mean i i do believe that that is the fact and i do believe that all humans are capable of doing that and they do want that. And I, you know, and I still think that the majority will always, you know, want to have that, that result, yeah. uh, you know, and I hope that, you know, and we've seen events that, that did bring in, you know, countries together that, that yeah. brought, you know, nations together. And I mean, uh, this pandemic has been a, a big test and uh, yeah, yeah. In, in some of it, you know, there was unity and some of it, there's kind of, I mean, originally it was unity. Now we have a little bit of a <laughs> a split in, in terms of who is, uh, you know, pro vaccine and anti vaccine. We have all these arguments yeah. that are happening in the world right now. Yeah, uh, but I think that's that's the same concept here. People are just they side based on their own knowledge. I think.
1: Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the vaccine is a good example, actually, uh, uh, because. In the world at the moment, there's still a disproportion of uh, first world countries basically getting all the vaccines and developing nations not getting enough vaccines. And this is actually an opportunity for us as first world countries to show our humanity, all right? And so let's say there's a G8 summit going on at the moment, G7, sorry, uh, and nations are starting to pledge uh, vaccines for some of the other nations. But we actually need more, all right. We we actually need to sort of show that we're here to share our resources as well as create our wealth. And look, I don't know how we're going to do that, all right?
0: Well, listen. I mean, uh, more discussion. You know, more people getting positive, you know, energy, and more people, yeah. you know, real learning how to 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 cope better, you know, in this world. And uh, yeah. we listen. I, I have this very simple principle, right? We all come to this world and we shall all depart from this world. And and sure. the time between the first, you know, entry and the exit is not that big and long. You know, people think it's forever. It's not uh-huh. movie, time time is, is, is uh, when you start, I always have this test. I, you know, I, I use, I, I tell this to my friends. Sometimes they look at me, I have like three heads and I say, just close your eyes and look up your life. And you probably can watch your whole movie in about two minutes that's exactly yeah. whatever you however old you are that's ex- about two three minutes and that's actually how you do it now i did exactly that personally and i took my photos since i was a kid a baby yeah. and then i put all my photos that i could find for all my age and they added about two minutes <laughs> and then <laughs> and literally and, and then when i started actually just as you see the photos you kind of get remnants on those moments and uh you know it comes back but really i was able to see pretty much all my lifetime you know and yeah I, that was yeah. about. I was maybe four or seven at the time, and I yeah. see th- that was about two minutes worth. So yeah. it gave me a whole different perspective about life because, hey, uh, you know, before you know it, it's uh, it's uh, it's gone. Or even if it's not gone, before you know it, your health is not the same. Your yeah. your abilities yeah. are not the same. Uh, yeah. So so we thrive in crazy, yet we can do better while we can enjoy our lives.
1: And and exactly what you're saying there is one of the strongest arguments for trusting and having altruism and being part of the human race because, you see, each of our lives are really short and brief. But, Hurricane, if you look at what we've done collectively as human beings, all right, we are all part of a greater story, all right? Now, we all don't have to be brilliant, but we all contribute just a little bit to this great story right? And so you get this idea of the balance between the individual, because we all want to have good individual lives. But our, uh, we're part of a collective, we're part of a bigger story. And uh, that's what we need to emphasize at the moment that we will all feel that we have greater worth, in a sense, when we can be part of the bigger family of the human race. And so if everybody looks at their own life in two minutes, but if you project yourself as part of the human race in 500 years' time, how would we like people to remember people of the early 21st century? What do we still need to get right, okay? And then individually, we can all strive to be part of something that is collectively uh, such that people in 500 years' time, they will go, you know what? They did this and this wrong, but then they did this. Okay, and we got to applaud that. That's what would really make us feel good beyond our two minutes. All right, I know we won't be around to share it, but we will have added to a good story.
0: Well, that's legacy, right? That's that's, that's actually. Legacy. That's that, right. That's what, I mean, look, we look at arts, we look at, you know, science, we look at technology, and we go back to the source, the first people that actually designed things, invented things, right, that, yeah. that came up with mathematical equations and things like that. Uh, and they left something behind that the world speaks of today. And those yeah. are the basis of our growth and evolution and, and technology yeah. and all that. And, but you're right, but those are a few. The, the thing is that each and every one can do we can do all that good stuff <laughs> we we <laughs> all can live, we can all live a good you know thing and on the flip side we look back in history and see all the the tyranny and and the destruction and some of these folks that that did really horrible genocides and things like that and yeah they lived they're gone but you know all they left is is chaos and and people don't like them they don't speak well about them and that's uh-huh. you know so so really your legacy can be good or bad but yeah. There's a good chance to your point, if we all focused on building a better future for the next generations. I sometimes I joke with my kids and I say, I feel bad for you guys and your kids because this world is going bad. And and you know, and I, I feel bad literally because I know, you know, it's just things are not getting easier. And maybe technology
1: no, they're not, But uh, and there are a lot of young people in particular that are despairing because they're looking at all the collective problems that we have. Mm. And as an individual, we all seem so small, right? So the question comes, what can I do? How do I matter? But here's the thing, if we all strive to do the best in our individual lives, in our individual calling, right? All of that collectively will then be able to contribute to a collectively better future. So the way that we can all improve the world is, next time you meet somebody else, just improve your interaction with them. Just do your job a little bit better. Just see if you can strive just a little bit more. Making a whole lot of small differences collectively will get us out of this mess. Because Hurricane, you you, you know that that there are some parts of the world that are heading towards war, all right? Okay? Now. That's crazy, because at the end of World War Two, all the young people said, never again. We're not going to let this happen again. This was awful. All right. But unfortunately, we forget. Right. So if through education, and communication, we can remember never again. Perhaps we can go into a better direction.
0: Amen to that. <laughs> well listen i mean listen i can i can say amen to that that's great but also i can act to that and i think i think from this platform and 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 from your message uh that's where we need to be each and every one of us is responsible for for making that change and you said it just just one piece at a time each one of them can contribute we can make the world a better place and uh, i mean we're talking about environment we're talking about you're talking about war you know i mean listen you're obviously not gonna allow uh, a nation or or or, or party to, to to do bad to you, right? Uh, yeah. self self-defense is is something that is you know that you have to do when you have to, but but you know, you don't orchestrate it, you don't you don't instigate it, that kind of thing, right? It's not you don't yeah. go swing in and expect nobody to hurt you back or at least fight back, right? Uh, yeah. but that that's a general rule. But but really on the flip side, you know, we all can be good and, and help each other and work towards a better thing and yeah. uh, it's psychological, right? So yeah. the more we think about it positively, the more we're probably gonna do. And the more yeah. we don't, the more we will probably just not contribute. We talk about well, yeah. environment.
1: Yeah, okay. So, so you're just talking about the environment, yeah? yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's say somebody, uh, ca- science calculates that we've got to plant a billion trees, all right? So the problem goes, who's going to plant a billion trees? Who's going to plant a billion trees, all right? And it's very difficult to find somebody who's going to plant a billion trees, all right? But if you get a billion people who are each willing to plant one tree, all right? Uh, Now, I I know that's idealistic, and I know that's not going to happen. But at least you, whoever you are, all right, plant your tree. Be on the side of the tree planters, right? Because that way, we may get half a billion trees planted it's already better than none. All right. We've all got our part to do.
0: Well, actually, that is not a very difficult thing to do. You're right. I mean, it's not expensive to, to, to plant the tree. And, yeah. and, and if it's, you know, we save money to do a lot of things and maybe if we all, maybe we'll start an initiative. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, seriously, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe it's, some, I, I like the idea. So, so everybody, you know, just, just, Go get a, you know, to nursery, pick up a tree and, and put it up there. You know, I mean, somewhere in, in nature yeah. to, to grow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe again, there's the other part is maybe we have to look at different construction material than than just, you know. Right. Trees. That's right. That's I mean, fine. and, and they are doing that now. I mean, some places they use in different material than than actually wood. Uh, for construction so therefore there's yeah. less trees you know cut uh, but yeah. again urbanism right you have to build cities and you got to expand and you get into the fields <laughs> then yeah. the forest gets taken then you have yeah. the fires and and so on and so forth but but you're right, right. At, at the end of the day we can't do it i mean it can be done everything can be done and uh, if humans want i mean listen we're spending money to go to mars we are spending money to, to to do ventures in other you know parts of space uh, and it costs a lot less to do these trees than going there.
1: <laughs> oh, it does. It does. And and I've, I've just got to bring the science back in because the uh, the, the science actually shows that we don't just need a, a billion trees. We actually need about a trillion trees, okay? So um, that, that, actually, that actually means about a thousand trees for each of us, okay, for each of the billion people, all right? Now, so... The argument against that is we still need to work on larger structures, all right? We still need to work on some sort of a mechanism so that we have uh, this coordinated effort. Uh, But the thing about that coordinated effort is okay, now you're talking about managers, uh, politicians, uh, scientists, educators, and a whole lot of people doing their bit for the one effort, all right? And so it becomes more complex than just all of us planting a tree. It becomes how can we actually contribute to something that is actually good, right? And to do that, we actually need to agree on what is good. And from a scientific point of view, scientific does, uh, science does actually have good and bad. Survival is good, all right? Life is good. Death, destruction and annihilation, they're not good. There's there's just, just, uh, okay, so there is a value system there that if we could actually move forward to each play our part in our collective survival, our legacy would be wonderful.
0: Well, listen, I mean, uh, I hope shows like this, your podcast, uh, you know, your, the work you do out there and there's so many other people that are out there trying to, to, to send these messages out there and feed in, you know, the positivity to the world, uh, you know, eventually, I mean, there are people that will, it's, it can get contagious enough to get a momentum and hopefully we can get some some stuff. Now, ultimately, trillion trees is, is a big number, but but even with but even with that, I mean, you can do a thousand trees if you want. I mean, yes. <laughs> you know, in, in a lifetime, you can do it. I mean, if you do a, a tree, I mean, uh, what is it? 365 days a year, I mean, you could do every other, once, once every 10 days, you can do three, three, three trees a month. I mean, in a lifetime, you can do it. I mean, there's so many, and that's 1 billion people. We have 7 billion plus, so we can actually yeah. still do better. And and you're right. If you reduce the footprint, that will work. I mean, there's so many ways we can do things. Sorry. Yes, that's right.
1: That's right. In in fact, let's face it, we're not going to get a billion people out there planting a tree each. Okay. But you're putting on this podcast, we're having this conversation. Hopefully, out there somewhere in your listening audience, there's a person who says, I know how to organize tree planting. I could be part of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And we could give them just the spark that they need to organize a certain business and do it and even make money out of it. Okay, somebody else could be listening and say, oh, is Dr. Heim right on the science there? I'm not sure. So they look on the science and they say, oh, yeah, he was right here, but he was wrong there. And all of a sudden, they're sparked to sort of say, no, I'm going to get this information out there of what needs to be done. And that then causes a chain to somebody else that says, you know what? I can do that and we can actually make money out of that. Okay, then by doing these things, we can start a chain reaction from our podcast here to something that can actually start the momentum. I mean, th- there are car manufacturers now that are saying, all right, no more petrol engine cars. We're just going completely electric or we're going completely hydrogen. We're oh, going mean, to uh, go...
0: Denmark or some, one of the countries, uh, Scandinavian. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Volvo. Volvo in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, uh, that's it, right. that, They want everything to be you know, electric, I think. That's
1: right. That's right and they're figuring out that they can make money out of it all right that's the whole thing there's a lot of money to be made we can actually be more prosperous but i'm going out of my area now hurricane this is all <laughs> economics and politics and well, manufacturing.
0: Well, but remember so politics are you know based on humans humans yeah. are based on psychology and yeah. so we're still on the same topic <laughs> oh,
1: yeah yeah. Everything. So, so, yeah yeah Go on. <laughs> it, it It all relates back to the human brain, okay? And the human brain does strive for life and survival. And here's the thing. That's actually good, right? It actually wants to be alive. So all of our activities going to science, manufacturing, politics, management, people interaction, is all a result of us wanting to survive well together. So according to the science... If we work it out, all right, okay, we can get there.
0: Well, I know we will. Maybe not in a lifetime, but but it, it will happen. And and I hope nothing worse comes on in this world to kind of, you know, uh, I guess shakes it a little bit in a different way or another. But yeah. but if, if if we if the earth stays and and everything is right, I mean, I think humans should learn again and do better and better. And we learn from things. I mean, we see things going on, and we should. Exactly. We should literally reflect on like, oh, well, we didn't do this right. Like you said earlier, let's do it differently. Let's find a better way. There's always yeah. a better way.
1: There um, is. There is.
0: There is. We can find it. So, so I know I, it's funny because, you know, this is supposed to be a QA question, <laughs> session. And-
1: well, it's our first one. It's our first one. So if people have got to get to know us uh, and be comfortable with the format, and I, I think the questions will start coming.
0: They, they will and I, I have a couple that that i i had received uh just a few uh we yeah. can at least for for their pleasure because they did send <laughs> you oh, that's know, good. That's good. you know uh, i was hoping that someone could call in right now and dial in. i mean i have the number on the screen so uh anyways if you're listening 848-482-8052 call in and uh, you can ask the question direct but uh we're, we're we have about 10 minutes uh left on the show but so uh, one of the questions and I'm not mentioning names. Uh, it's just, just the, the plain question. Someone uh, asked that, you know, um, what is happening to me? I have little interest or pleasure in doing anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, is that the question? Little
0: pleasure. Well, yeah. the, the, like just basically they just don't have any, they don't feel anything. They just have no pleasure doing anything. They just kind of like blah. It's, Nothing going on. I mean, that's the question. So it says...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's fine. This actually happens surprisingly often, Hurricane. And the strange thing is that somebody in an environment where there are a lot of pleasure devices and a lot of ways to get pleasure is actually feeling less pleasure than people who... Okay, let me take you back 100 years uh, in an underdeveloped country, right, where somebody was given a book, all right, and they went oh my god i've got a book and they get so much pleasure out of this one book because their lives are devoid of a book right so what i'm saying is the relative nature of pleasure pleasure in the brain is um mediated by dopamine but you see we can get saturated with pleasure and the best way to see this is actually drugs all right uh when you start taking a drug all right you will get a lot of pleasure But then if you take the same amount of drug, it won't give you the same amount of pleasure. So you've got to take more. You've got to keep taking more of the drug to get the same amount of pleasure. This almost defines addiction. But what happens in the brain is our, uh, our, our dopamine receptors regulate depending on how much stimulation and pleasure there is. Hurricane, we live in a world where we're getting so much pleasure stimulating, particularly through our screens and movies. I mean, I was 11 years old before I saw my first movie in color, right? Uh, These days, people are watching two, three movies a week, all right? Which means their brain is getting saturated by pleasure, and it doesn't become pleasurable anymore, okay? Uh, And so uh, a lot of uh, young people in particular are in this situation that the person who's asked this question, how do I get pleasure? The whole thing is that we can't strive just for pleasure right uh because it gets saturated and i talk about four brain chemicals uh dopamine for pleasure oxytocin for love serotonin for feeling calm and comfortable and endorphins for feeling together and belonging as part of the whole that we all need and here's the thing when we get together with people you will get a full gamut of those four brain chemicals, a full dose of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. And you will start to feel more pleasure because you're starting to enter the world of people where you're getting to know people. And you know what? Getting to know people is an unlimited game. It's, it's a game that we can play and get just get more and more. You can never get enough love all right? You can get, never get enough sense of belonging. You can never get enough of that sense of comfort. But pleasure, you can get too much pleasure. And that's when people, people's brain numb down so that you go, you know what? Nothing's giving me enough pleasure anymore. So to that person, I would say, leave the pursuit of pleasure. Look for love, meaning, and belonging with other people. And then your sense of pleasure will come back. So earlier I talked about the people who go out in wilderness therapy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That is great for people who are addicted to substances, right? Because you leave the pleasure and you work on trust. And trust is a form of love. Sorry, I, I, I give long-winded answers,
0: Hurricane, but, you know. No, no, listen, this is deep stuff. I'm, 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 I'm absorbing. <laughs> I'm taking it all in. And, and, and again, this is good because this is recorded as well. So people can see this over and over and they can actually get from it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not so much just for the person who asked the question. I think this may be something that a lot of people will be asking themselves right
1: now. <laughs> oh, I look, I, I feel it in my own life. All right. Um, uh, all of us surf the internet and listen to videos and ideas. And it gets to a stage where you go, oh, this is all too much. Why am I doing this? You know? Uh, and it's because it's not connected with other people directly. And we need that people connection. We are social creatures as humans.
0: You know? Well, we talked about that. I mean, you got to be involved. You got to be with people, touch. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I it, it's amazing because... We lost that, you know, uh, in the new world that we live in. I mean, people used to hang out, they used to picnic and uh, camp and play outdoors. Now, uh, you know, the new generation—they're—they're they're addicted to their computers and their phones. Like my daughter, she walks with her phone in her hand. I mean, like she almost has one hand; the other one is—is is taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy, you know. My a good example my son now more like recently he started like he he discovered basketball <laughs> <That's laughs> yeah you know, nice. you know, so, so so now you know he's playing basketball every day outside you know but he doesn't have a lot of friends so maybe sometimes i play with him or you know some friends coming but yeah. but it's 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 it's, it's a, a it's a change for him yes you know, it's a it's a different change and and he sees it, it he's in is really this is cool i like it and 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 we grew up i grew up outdoors i mean you know we don't I remember when I was a kid, TV was literally six hours a day. That's it. <laughs> and, and the ki- kids programming, you know, I mean, again, I grew up in Morocco, so uh, the TV program started at 6 PM ended at 1130 PM and there was a half hour in cartoons and the rest is not about you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so, right. so that was it. So you, you really didn't have much time to spend on TV and talking about color TV. I, uh, again, uh, my first color TV was like in the early eighties. So it was like, yeah. a way, you know, but, but, Today, you know, my kids—they have TV, they have everything, technology. They—they they grew up with it, right? And they're addicted to it. They can't even, you know, remove themselves. The joke is, we had a black, uh, you know, like uh, the, something hit, you know, on one of those electrical poles here, and so we had a, a complete blackout in the neighborhood. And yeah. uh, so, so the kids didn't have anything to do now. No more games. No more nothing. So they wound up, hey, can we play some board games? So we came back downstairs and picked up the board games and had candles, and we spent a couple hours just doing that, and it was fun. (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes, unfortunately, in psychiatry, we measure things from 2007, uh, because in 2007 is when uh, we all got mobile phones, we all got smartphones, we all were able to do internet on the phone. And in youth mental health, depression rates, anxiety rates, and addiction rates started moving upwards at a faster rate from 2007, right? That's frightening. That's frightening. That means that we have to control uh, the screen use, okay? And here's the thing. It's it's not the kid's fault, all right? They're they're just going where their brains want to go, all right? As a society, we need to recognise this and we need to value life without screens, and we don't know how to do it yet but that's a whole new discussion we could go there another day
0: Hurricane. that'll be the next the next week or well, the next that's month right.
1: <laughs>
0: next month yeah next month well so one more question in the interest of time and, and by the way thank you for the answer for that one so hopefully uh if you're listening you know that was the answer to that question about you know I have very little interest and pleasure in doing things i don't know why so yeah. that was a great you know uh answer and a deep one uh another one that i have for but one that actually uh, i i want to learn about it too uh i think a lot of people fall in this one um i'm having a big problem falling asleep i just cannot sleep
1: yeah yeah so the question is how to fall asleep okay
0: uh, well how to fall asleep but what's causing it i mean you know yeah. uh, psychologically because because there's nothing i mean the person well there's nothing more in the question but i'm assuming that this person does just not sleep you know it's got it's got to be factors to do that and i'm thinking personally it's got to be when your mind is thinking it happens to me sometimes when you like you're preoccupied and you think of something or you have a project you just can't sleep Um, that's right but that could be the case could be stress. could be other things and so uh, that's
1: right that's right and and I, i i too experience sleep problems all right uh uh human beings are a strange situation it is strange that we feel the need to take a a pill to do something that should be natural just falling asleep right uh and a lot has to do with the projects that we have going through our mind because you see the mind is an amazing place all right it goes on forever so I will think about people that I have spoken to during the day people I've been taking care of problems that are unsolved when you add to that the amount of people that think about global issues and all the other things that get unsolved uh, our base level of anxiety is going up in fact what I say during this uh, coronavirus time we're all carrying an extra 20 pounds of anxiety and that's going to affect our sleep so uh, we, we actually need to calm the mind and tell it to shut up, all right? And we actually have more control over our thoughts uh, than we like to give ourselves credit for. But it takes practice. So uh, rather than take a pill or drink some alcohol to get to sleep, uh, there are a couple of things. First of all, make sure the room is dark and silent. Get some exercise during the day. Exercise, exercise makes for a better sleep. But when you get to sleep, you go through each part of your body. You breathe in and out and tell it to go to sleep, relax. And then at the very last, you go to your mind and you say, brain, relax and go to sleep. Brain, relax and go to sleep. All right. Uh, And here's the thing. It won't work the first night. It won't work the second night. We actually need to practice. But if you practice for three weeks in a row, and this takes about five minutes every night, you will find that you will actually be able to let your brain know it is time to sleep. Now, there's a whole lot of other factors as well, but what I'm zeroing in on is this idea that our brains are going at a million miles an hour because we all have unsolved problems, okay? I I also want to start to uh, bring in this idea of practice. Trying something once is not going to work, but keep practicing, okay? And let yourself go to sleep, okay?
0: It's almost like like self-hypnosis.
1: Yes, it is. It is. It's a form of self-hypnosis, right? Um, Self-hypnosis, meditation, relaxation, deep breathing. However you do it, Mm -hmm. you consciously look at your own thoughts and say, time to settle this down. Just let it breathe out. Okay. Don't have a mobile phone in bed with you. Right. Don't look at a screen for at least an hour before you go to bed. Right. Do some chill things. Listen to a bit of music. Have a great conversation. Spend time with somebody that you love. Right. Those sort of things all help going to sleep.
0: Doctor. I think I think that that's pretty decent for that that question. I think that gives us a good formula to to practice. So, folks, you're listening, you're watching. Um, this question came into to the studio. Um, you know, uh, again, it's for one person for one person, but I think it affects all of us, uh, if not the majority of us. And uh, it's a very good practice that we got from Dr. Ayim. Uh, again, an expert, you know, years of experience, and uh, uh, he he handles psychology in a whole different light and uh you know coming all the way through, you know, from australia here <laughs> you know uh from saturday yeah you call saturday. it for the future <laughs> <laughs> so so we are about the end of the show here so uh thank you for sending the the, the questions folks you're watching uh this was a live q a session for you uh we will have these coming up once a month so please send in your questions in advance. We'll have them ready for a doctor. And also interact with us. There is a number on the screen, 848-482-8052. Uh, that's dedicated to the show. So when you have a moment, the next time on the show, we'll promote it again uh, in advance. Just join us and you will not regret it. It will be fun. Uh, instead of me asking a question, it'll be your questions, it'll be even better. So <laughs> so uh, Dr. Haim is ready for that and he has a lot to offer to us. So. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you very much, doctor, for the time, Uh, you know, just have a great weekend and then we'll talk soon and then we'll, you and I will connect, you know, in terms of what the next session would uh, be scheduled for.
1: That's fantastic hurricane. Thanks for doing all this. It's a lot of fun and hopefully it'll move a whole lot of people forward. Okay
0: that's the that's the purpose, that's the objective, and we'll keep at it. You know, we're not gonna give up here. <laughs> no,
1: certainly not. Certainly hopefully,
0: not. hopefully with the, the next couple of shows we'll have so many questions we can't even get to them and people will be like lined up on the call. I only can take one call at a time. So I was, <laughs> I was I was I was concerned about that. Like what happens if other people call at the same time? i was like, you know, one call once the call hangs up, you know, please dial back in. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm gonna have hurry. to get a I'm gonna have to get a few phones and just be able to pick <laughs> up one at a time, but uh thank doctor thank you thank you so much and uh so enjoy uh the rest of the day the weekend over there and hopefully not too cold and uh, we'll stay in touch you know and uh we will uh promote the next uh episode or the next live q a so folks again you're watching you're listening look forward to the next one next month and uh bye thank you doctor thank you hurricane
1: i'll see you at the end of july
0: yes sir bye now bye-bye bye-bye